quick question for you. Hey, let me ask you something. Can I ask you a question? Can you dig it? Yes, guy. Can you dig it? Yes, guy. The man with the words you've been dying to hear. Yes, guy. This is the Yes Guy Show with Jim Taddy on TSN 1050. Can you dig it? Oh, yes, guy. This is what episode number 89 sounds like. Welcome aboard, Jim Taddy, Perry Lefko with you. Perry, how are you this week, sir? Jim, doing marvelously well. Wow, that was kind of bouncy for you. That, that's a great start. I'm looking forward to the broadcast. Bob Irving will be by very shortly. We'll have Danny Vela on, a trainer from Woodbine, and uh, Ainsley McPhail, a former intern at TSN, now a stand-up comedian, television host, and writer. Well, that's that's the full package, so looking forward to all three of these conversations. Looking for an experienced real estate agent, Charles Park Managing Broker, Remax West Realty Brokerage, has 27 award-winning years of real estate experience. So looking for the highest level of knowledge, experience, and service, put Charles Park in your corner. Visit charlespark.ca or call him or text him at 647-292-8886. Servicing from Hamilton to Kingston, from Toronto to Muskoka, Charles Park will not be at work by anyone. And when you go to fox40shop.com, you will find the Fox 40 Titan, the Fox 40 Coaching Boards, the Fox 40 Electronic Whistle, producing 100 decibels at the push of a button. Go to fox40shop.com, use the code YESGUY for 15% off your order. Guest number one is now retired, but look at these credentials. He has called more than 800 games for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, inducted into the Blue Bomber Hall of Fame, the Canadian Football Hall of Fame, had the team's media center named after him, was appointed the Order of Manitoba. Now that's a list. Bob Irving, welcome aboard, and congratulations on all of that. Well, thank you, Jim, and it's great to join you and Perry today. When you look back on it, I mean, you've been out, out of the game for a bit now, not very long, but when you look back on it, what do you see? Well, I see a career that I'm proud of, that I enjoyed thoroughly. I have no regrets about anything I did in our business. I was almost 50 years at CJOB, our radio station in Winnipeg, and I covered the Bombers for just about all of those years, did the play-by-play, watched them win some great cups, watched them have some tough years. But, uh, no, it's been a very rewarding career, and I'm quite happily retired. I, I wasn't sure how much I would miss doing the play-by-play, which is the most fun thing you can do in our business, Jim, as you well know. Uh, but I haven't missed it at all. I really haven't. I've, I've enjoyed having every day to myself, getting up in the morning, going golfing if I want, or spending some time at our cottage and not having to rush back for a bomber practice or a game. You know, I think the tank was just empty for me last year, and here I am now happily retired and uh, not having any regrets at all. Bob, I've known you a long, long time. I'm going to steal a question from Jim Taddy's playbook. How did you develop the voice? <laughs> well, I, Perry, that's a good question and one that's difficult for me to answer. I think it just developed simply by me doing the broadcasting. I listened to, this is funny, I listened, Jim, probably the same experience. I listened to tapes of myself when I first started in the business, and they're quite laughable. You know, I, I had no uh, projection, no inflection. It was very monotone, and it wasn't very strong, the voice. I mean, I think it had potential, but uh, when I listen to it now, I go, holy smokes, was that me? So I've been asked this question many times, and my answer is simply this. It's like any, I guess, building up any muscle that you have, uh, just being a broadcaster, being on the air, and developing your vocal cords and your, the strength of your voice and all those things. It happens naturally. And so the voice I have is the voice that I've had all my life. I guess it's been built up over the years because of the broadcast work. But it's about as simple as that. 
Yeah, Bob, I, I guess, uh, you know, we're, we're sort of, we're, we're close to the same time frame. So I'm going to guess that early in your career, you did the sportscaster or the sports update or, or sportscast run where you would do multiples in a shift. In fact, maybe as many as 10. And when you do that over the course of a year, you're looking at, uh, you know, thousands of them. And so you, you just, uh, you evolve because you have to. Uh, and I, I, I love what you said about listening to your voice. Uh, I, I did that religiously at the start and, and, you know, trying to learn how to breathe and stuff like that because you just you haven't done it before. But, but eventually you just evolve because you're doing it so often. It just, it's a natural thing, isn't it? Well, no, sure it is. Yeah, and, you know, people, when you explain that to people, I, I don't think they maybe necessarily believe it. They think there's some sort of hoops you jump through or some training that you did. But it's as simple as that. And I did our early morning sports, Jim and Perry, for over 40 years at CGOP, in addition to the football I'd be up at 4 o'clock and in the station and do anywhere from 5 to 10 casts during the course of the morning. And so, again, this is all part of, you know, you developing your delivery and understanding when to, you know, push a little harder and all those things. And then I think your voice just naturally develops along with all that work. So, Bob, when you watch Bombers games, when you watch, you know, the, the Jets games, can you just watch it now and appreciate it, whereas before when you were working – maybe you just didn't have that same type of, uh, you know, idea of what, what it was that you were seeing. Well, I can overtly be a fan now, Perry. That's what I can be, as opposed to, you know, when you're doing the play-by-play of a team for as long as I have with the Blue Bombers, it's impossible not to develop an affinity for them and a, it's kind of a love for them to some degree. And, of course, I hope the Bombers won every game they played, but I think one of the things we have to do in our business is tell the truth and be objective. And that was always my mantra. And so if the Bombers stunk, I would say so. I might not use the word stunk, but I would point out that they weren't playing very well. But now, when I'm watching a Bomber game, I'm cheering for them, partly because of my association with the team for all those years and the people that are still there from last year when I retired, who you know I became close to. So I hope they do well, and, and I cheer for them. I don't cheer openly when I'm at the games because I still go to the games. But, you know, in my heart, I'm hoping they win. And uh, I watch the away games on television. My wife and I watch them together, something we've never done over nearly 50 or 50 years together. And, you know, I'll be sucking back a cool one and questioning why they're doing certain things and cheering like mad when they score a touchdown. So it's much different now. It really is because when you're broadcasting the games, you have an obligation to your listeners to be objective and to tell the truth. And I don't mean that to hope that doesn't sound too preachy, but that's the way I always view things. Uh, Bob, let's be honest. You're spoiled. I mean, come on. How many losses have you seen since you've retired? I mean, this team is just, <laughs> it's, it's a machine. There's not much to be upset about, is there? No, there isn't. It's uh, boy, you know, over the course of the years, it's been lots of ups and downs and highs and lows with the flu bombers. But these last, uh, since the late 2019, when they acquired Zach Kolaris and won that run and won the Grey Cup, and then 21 when they did it again, and this year's, you know, winning their first nine games of the year, it's been unbelievable. It's uh, a period of time during the history of the franchise that can only be compared to the Bud Grant, Kenny Plain, Leo Lewis era back in the 50s and 60s. It's remarkable what they've done. I, I'm not sure any team in CFL history has won. They've won 26 of their last 29 meaningful games. And by meaningful, I mean regular season playoff and great cup. 26 of 29 since late 2019. 
that's mind-boggling. It really is. And so, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. They lost a the game here the other night, and people freaked out. Like, how could they possibly lose a game? That's uh, that's how high the bar is now for the Blue Bombers. Bob, when the Blue Bombers gave you a Grey Cup ring, and I don't know if they gave you a second one last year as well, but I mean, had you had that? Were you given a Grey Cup ring, you know, in previous times when the Bombers had won? No, I hadn't. And I, I think here again the difference between broadcasting games in the Canadian Football League versus, in particular in Canada, versus the U.S. The broadcasters, uh, play-by-play broadcasters in the U.S., most of them, Perry and Jim, you know this, work for the team. And so when the team has a, wins a championship, uh, they're part of it, and, and usually they get a ring. That has not been the case up here. I had never received one before. I was totally flattered and uh, I'm not sure I deserve to get one in 2019. I still don't. I still feel that way, but I was humbled and, and very happy to accept it. Uh, so, yeah, I got one in 2019, and I did get one again last year, and I cherish them. I rarely wear them because they're huge. They're humongous. They're the kind of thing you, you just don't wear out on, a, uh, on an evening out. But, uh, no, it's nice. It's a nice keepsake, but it's something I never expected, and I would not have been disappointed had I not received one. Bob, I don't mean to embarrass you, but let's go back to these awards. And I, I want to say this again because this is this is special. So you get put into the Blue Bomber Hall of Fame, the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. The team's media center is named after you, and you're appointed the uh, Order of Manitoba. Uh, those, I mean, those are four really beautiful honors, and I congratulate you on them. Um, did any of them coincide with anything going on in your life that made them even more special, or am I just sort of throwing a dart at the wall here? No, I don't think any of them coincided, Jim, with anything else in my life. You know, these are wonderful things that I I cherish and appreciate, and I'm almost a little embarrassed sometimes. The the Bombers put me on their ring of honor last year, and I told Wade Miller, the CEO of the team, and I'm I'm being brutally frank here when I say this, I said, Wade, I don't think I deserve to be up there with Kenny Plain and Leo Lewis and Chris Walby and Milt Stiegel and all these bomber greats, but they felt that way. So who am I to, you know, reject it or argue about it? It's just, uh, it's very humbling. It's, uh, I don't even know what to say about it. You know, I, you go about your life's work and I never went into the broadcast business to win any awards or being honored for anything. I just wanted to do it because uh, I knew it would be fun, and I love sports, and so that's that was my only goal in life was to make my living around the sports, uh, you know, milieu. And I've been lucky to do that, and some very nice things have come my way during the course of that, which I I greatly appreciate and will always cherish. Well, Bob, now that you're retired, as your wife said, Bob, you owe me about twenty or thirty years or forty years worth of things to do around the house. <laughs> You said that we're currently in negotiations, Perry. Um, yeah, we actually. I'm not a. I'm not a very handy guy, right? She's handier than I am, so I'm not very good at doing things around the house. But we we've done a lot of travel, and we're going to do more travel. We do have a cottage uh, about an hour and a half north of Winnipeg on Lake Winnipeg, and so we get to spend more time there. And uh, I think it's just a matter of having more time together and time to do things together. In terms of jobs around the house, there are actually people out there in the workforce who do these things, and they need work, and I'm more than happy to hire them to do whatever handy jobs, cut the lawn, 
need to be done because look, I've, you know, I've worked hard all my life and I don't want to spend however many years I've got left doing uh, projects around the house. I hate doing that stuff. I hate it. So I don't do it. We don't argue about it. We agree and we hire people to do that work. <laughs> if I was going to say, my brother has warned me that when I retire, I should have something to do. And I keep arguing with him. I, I've had something to do all my career. I don't really need something assigned to me or I don't need to have a job somewhere that that uh, yeah. you know turns into something more than I than I want so it sounds to me like you go day to day and and you have a full life and that's the way to do this well exactly I, the, the term I use Jim is every day I have to myself and I can get up in the morning unless I have something planned a doctor's appointment or whatever I can get up in the morning and go play golf if I'm scheduled to play golf. You know, I read the paper, I go for a walk, I get a coffee, I watch a little TV, I read a lot of books. You know, I just putts around all day long, and I don't get bored. People have asked me if I if I get bored, and I say no. And there there are moments in the day where you you're not quite sure what you're going to do next, but you always find something to do, and you have total control over what you do. Nobody's telling you what to do, or you don't have to be anywhere at a certain hour. And, and I'm I'm loving that. I really am loving that. So all those years you worked at CGOB and covering the bombers, was it work or was it fun? No, it was fun. It, it, Perry, you know this, and Jim, you, you know, we're in the business, right? And, and it's work. Of course it's work, but it's fun work. So I would never say that I've never worked a day in my life. Of course I have. I've worked, and what we do is work. But it's work that we enjoy, and there are, you know, countless people who make their li- make their livings doing jobs that they're not particularly fond of and they can't wait to retire so they don't have to do that anymore and i think again we're very very lucky to do what we do because we love doing it and i loved every minute of uh, of my broadcast career uh, but i just you know again you run out of energy to do it and that's what happened to me you just uh, i'm 72 now and the energy wasn't there to properly do it anymore and now I can just uh, loaf around every day, which is what I do, quite frankly, a lot of days. Yeah, I, I'm just going to add to that, Bob. I, I call it fun that takes time, dedication, dedication, and yeah. care to do. And sometimes it takes a long time to do it, but, but it is fun. Uh, let me ask you this on the way out. Nicknamed Knuckles, where did that come from? Came from Jack Wells, a legendary oh, broadcaster yeah. here in Winnipeg. I, I don't like to fly. I have a fear of flying. And on one of our early Blue Bomber trips in the mid-70s, I guess it was, and Jack was part of our crew, uh, we were on an airplane, and I was unsettled and concerned and nervous, and so I grabbed the seats as we were taking off, and Jack was sitting across from me. And, you know, the old story about the white knuckle flyer, right? Your knuckles get white because you're holding on to the seat. And Cactus was famous for giving people nicknames, and he decided at that point that I would therefore... Uh, forward be called knuckles and uh, when jack gives you a nickname it sticks and so it stuck with me all these years and i love it uh, because it came from jack and because it accurately depicts an issue that i have (laughs) bob really enjoyed this conversation Uh, all the best to you and again congrats on the honors and the career that's a magnificent story to say the very least thank you very much well thank you jim and perry Uh, have a great day you guys Thank you.
Looking for an experienced real estate agent, Charles Park Managing Broker, REMAX West Realty Brokerage, has 27 award-winning years of real estate experience. So looking for the highest level of knowledge, experience, and service, put Charles Park in your corner. Visit charlespark.ca or call him or text him at 647-292-8886. Servicing from Hamilton to Kingston, from Toronto to Muskoka, Charles Park will not be at work by anyone. And when you go to fox40shop.com, you will find hockey products like Fox 40 Call, the Fox 40 Super 4 CMG. Don't forget to pick up a copy of the 40 Ways of the Fox, Ron Foxcroft's inspirational book for new entrepreneurs and business veterans alike, fox40shop.com. Use the code YESGUY for 15% off your order. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Welcome back. Yes, Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Jim Taddy and Perry Left go with you. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at 1-877-734-3055 or visit his website, braleyadvisors.com. With 31 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money, get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Check out Fox 40's new premium whistle, the Fox 40 Titan, in a sleek titanium body. The Titan emulates the authentic sound of the Fox 40 Classic, available now in titanium gold or matte black. Go to fox40shop.com. Guest number two, Ainsley McPhail, a one-time intern at TSN, stand-up comedian, television host and writer, television presenter for CTV Morning Live, and we'll get into the rest of it later. But first of all, Ainsley, welcome aboard. A pleasure to have you on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, the, uh, the the comedian, the stand-up comedian stuff is obviously where we're going to start. I mean, how how do you develop the poise to, to, I mean, this is a live situation, so you may throw something out that doesn't get the response you want, and you have to, I mean, that, you have to have poise up there. I mean, you can't, you can't let your guard down. How, do, how, do you, how did you develop that? Well, bombs definitely happen. I'm not immune to that, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but I started when I was actually 17, 18 years old. So I wasn't actually legal to be in the venue that I was performing at. Um, So I was really young. So it's weird because I don't really know anything outside of it. So, yeah, I find it weird people who start in their adult life, whereas I started so young that it's the only thing I know. All right, Ainsley, right off the top, what do you think of Seinfeld? (laughs) I've been been re-watching it recently. And what do you think of him as a stand-up comedian? It's very 80s. <laughs> it's very 80s, very observational. I enjoy it. So in terms of your technique, time. and this is one thing I'm curious about, how do you go from being a stand-up comedian to your regular day job? I don't know which is the, which is the one you consider your day job because you've got to have two different types of personalities. Yeah. Um, well, I, it's tough right now for me because I'm working on a morning show uh, for CTV. So comedy happens at night. Uh, obviously the morning show happens at like stupid o'clock in the morning. So I do a lot of like early open mics and a lot of stuff on weekends, like club shows on weekends, which is when I flip my schedule. So sleep is not really a thing for me, but (laughs) I love to do it. And um, yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Uh, when you're putting your your bit together, your set together, whatever you want to call that, uh, yeah, how do what do you draw on? I mean, it must be everything, right? Yeah, definitely personal experience. I'm very physical, so I love like Kevin Hart. I love Jim Carrey. I love Robin Williams. Just like very expressive and physical, and I do a lot of storytelling as well. So, personal experience, being a young female, 
in the city, um, that kind of thing. But I love just silly physical with really smart joke grading. Okay. Well, you just mentioned Jim Carrey. Let's go with the pet detective. We'll go with mask and you can pick any other one of the, you know, roles he did, which were very physical. Which one of those stands out the most for you? I loved liar, liar. Um, like the, the scene where he's like, the pen is blue. <laughs> and this is when he's like, he's a, a lawyer in a, in a kind of a crazy setting where he does all these physical, crazy kinds of things. Yeah. And he, he can't lie. I love that. I think it's so funny. And in the bloopers, he's going back and forth. I can't remember the actress's name, but at the end, they're kind of going back and forth and she forgets her line. And then she just goes, over actor. <laughs> because that's, I, I guess that's what he was doing, but it's just so funny to me. I, I love that you said for morning work, you get up at stupid o'clock. I, I, at the start of my career, I, I did mornings. I actually did splits, which is some form of punishment where you do the morning run, go home and sleep and come back and do the afternoons. I mean, I could just still remember some of the, the scenes. I, I had to have a shower to wake up, and to, some of the thoughts that went through my mind were, were pretty dark. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you must draw on, on just the, the stupidity of, of trying to work and be, be friendly at that time of the morning. Yeah. Um, I, I filled in anchoring this morning and it was, it wasn't, un, it was kind of unexpected this morning, just the way that things flowed through. And yeah, it's, <laughs> it's hard to look pleasant when, and not everyone's always pleasant. Like people, we all have our days. Uh, but the morning, like I wake up at three and then the shift oh. starts at four and then it goes till noon and then I have a nap and then I get up and then I, either work out or I coach football. So it's pretty, pretty crazy. So do you ever have uh, occasions when your coworkers during the day come to watch you at night and find you, and they find you to be like a totally different person? Yeah, no, it's true. Um, I find that I'm my most authentic self when I'm on stage performing, um, which is kind of weird because I am super weird, <laughs> but most comedians are like they're, they're weird, strange individuals, comics. Um, but it is a different world. And my goal is to be as authentic as possible so I can marry the two. I mean, those are, are two totally uh, uh, contrasting disciplines. Uh, if you're doing the morning show, because uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a network show, everything has to be timed, and, and there's segments and things like that. Uh, when you're doing the stand-up, I mean, you know the set, but but you, you're able to sort of... Uh, I guess, you know, change it around based on reaction and, and because it's your set, you control that. I mean, that's, got, that's the ultimate contrast, isn't it? It is. Um, and I, I don't know which I prefer. Um, at the end of the day, they're going to get mad if you go over time for either. <laughs> right? In comedy, you get yeah. the light when you get the light. And if you go over time, you're impacting someone else's stage time. So it's pretty, it's, stricter than than you'd think uh and burning the light is pretty much frowned upon especially when you got a headliner who wants to do their 45 minutes well you just threw something into the conversation there you're a broadcaster comedian and you're a football coach i want to yes. know at any point in your life do you aspire to be the coach of the bombers no <laughs> i think they've got it covered just fine <laughs> i coach 12 year olds i love football football is like i used to play football growing up like on the boys team all since from age 12 to the end of high school. And I did some work with the CJFL and then TSN. I really loved the CFL component there too. So yeah, football is, 
is a big part of my life. I coach like 12 year olds twice a week, three times a week. So yeah, just another, I just don't stop adding things. Well, so you look at this list, comedian, television host, writer, football coach. I mean, uh, I don't know that there's anybody else has that for, uh, you know, on a, on a, a, a work resume. Uh, so who inspired you? I mean, where, where did you get all this from? Um, I don't know. I, I think it's just because I started all of those things very young. Like I started playing football when I was a kid. So I didn't just wake up one day and say, hey, I'm going to play on the high school football team. Like it was part of my childhood. I started volunteering at a local cable station when I was like 16. I started doing stand-up when I was like 17, 18. So all of it started super young for me. So I don't really know anything outside of it. It's kind of hard to develop new hobbies now or new elements of myself just because I've been doing this stuff for so long. It feels long. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm a young person, but <laughs> it feels long. <laughs> What position did you play in football? And am I to understand you played like an all boys team or was, was it, was it mixed? It was an all boys team because they didn't have a girls team back then. And by the time I got to a certain age, it was only <laughs> lingerie football. that was offered. So I didn't want to do that. But when I was yeah younger, it was the boys team. And then all through high school, it was the boys team as well. So just explain for people who don't understand, like, how did you, how difficult was it to do something like that? And I'm not just talking about different change room, but just the culture. Did you feel comfortable? Did you adapt to it? Um, I think it was, it was great because I had known, I had grown up playing with a lot of the players. So by the time we got to that awkward teenage years, it wasn't too bad because I already had known them. I think if I had joined when I was as like even 15 or 16, it would have been a huge curve because it's like, who's this person, right? But I already knew the players, so it was really easy to adapt. And I knew players on other teams. Um, so even playing against people, it was like the chirps were going. And I don't know, it was it's weird for other people. It's weird to explain because it was my normal, and it still is. So it's just like, yeah, just what you do. So I just want to go back. When you're talking before about being a comedian, you're talking about working as a broadcaster. Do you ever have people say to you, uh, I'm worried that you're going to look at me and incorporate that into your act or uh, just feel uncomfortable around you at times? Yeah, and it's so annoying. <laughs> Super <laughs> annoying. Oh, my gosh. I'll always find, like, the most uninteresting men are always the ones who are like, oh, are you going to put this in your little bit? Like... No. Well, we're worried about that right now, okay? So. No, not you guys. Not you guys. <laughs> okay, maybe Jim is, all right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, you really want to say, are you kidding me? Like, why would I put that in my act? I don't want to bomb, right? <laughs> no, not you guys, not you guys. I just find, like, yeah, it's always people who, I guess they, they're trying to be funny or they're trying to be interesting themselves, yeah. but it's just, no, no. Unless it's like, and a lot of funny things happen to me. I think that's why, like, where a lot of my material comes from. Like, I just have weird things happening to me all the time, and then I just go with that. So you just brought a memory back, and I'm sure this happens to you. If you went to a family function, uh, you know, you're going to get attacked on several levels. Uh, for me, it was always the sports stuff. You'd be you'd be in the washroom at the urinal, and then, you know, some distant cousin or, or, or a friend of a cousin would, would then start debating about the World Series with you. And it's like, dude, I'm just trying to pee. Leave me alone. You know? <laughs> but, but, 
but 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 with you, I mean, you, you've got all these things. I mean, people would would seem to come at you in a family situation a lot, do they? Yeah, um, it's it's funny too because they think like when someone thinks something is cool and they don't quite understand it, there always is a lot of questions. But they'll always kind of compare it to what they know it to be. So, for example, with comedians, they'll be like, oh, are you like Amy Schumer? Because that's the only popular female comedian that will come to mind for them, right? So it's like, no, I'm not like that. Or like, oh, are you like who met with Jennifer Hedger, right? Because that's what they see. And it's like, no, I'm my own my own person. I'm not, not that person. Just because you know that's the only one you know doesn't mean that's what I'm going to be like. Well, we have almost a tradition on the show where guests say, yes, guy. We want you to do your finest yes, guy. You can improvise. You can say, yes, girl. Go ahead. The floor is yours. <laughs> yes, guy. Yeah. Not bad. There we Not go. Bad. Jim, did you like you that? You may hear that again. Yeah, I liked it. You may hear One that more? again. It was... It was it was it was compact, so I can cut that. <laughs> sure, give us another one. <laughs> yes, guy. Oh, perfect. You again, you may hear that again. So <laughs> let me ask you this: of, of all of all these things that you've done, uh, what was your best moment? Where inside you went, yeah, yeah, that that's who I am. Um, out of all of like my like between comedy and sports and and all that. And the show. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Won't be this being, show, but nonetheless. Yes, being on this show is my greatest accomplishment to date. Oh, you're, you're going to hear that one again. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I hate to end it on that, but actually, I, I kind of like to end it on that. Yeah, Ainsley, thank you very end. much. <laughs> yeah, thank that's you. the way to go out. Thank you, Ainsley. My Take pleasure. care. Bye now. All right. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at 1-877-734-3055 or visit his website, braleyadvisors.com. With 31 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money, get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. All right, let's talk about advanced planning. Your life, your say, your tribute, and all your way. Turner and Porter Funeral Directors. Let's start a conversation. Visit turnerporter.ca. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Welcome back to Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Jim Taddy and Perry Left go with you. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact Dean on Twitter at MTGDean. Go to safebridgefinancial.com or give him a call at 416-885-1761. Master your game strategy with the Fox 40 coaching boards available for basketball, hockey, football, and more. Use the code YESGUY at checkout for 15% off your order. Go to fox40shop.com. Well, the Queen's Plate goes Sunday afternoon. You can watch it on TSN and CTV. Danny Vela is a trainer and uh, has a horse in the race, has been at Woodbine for close to 50 years. Danny, welcome. How are you today, sir? Oh, we're doing great. Uh, how are you guys doing? Very good. So uh, 50 years. I mean, uh, just off the top of my head, if you've been at Woodbine 50 years, you must have a secretariat story, do you? Uh, actually, I was in the paddock when Secretariat did his last start. I ran a horse uh, for Jerry Levine named Babe Count. So, uh, yeah, what a thrill that was. 
So, I mean, obviously, Secretariat won the race. Uh, what, what, was, what do you remember about that horse that made it so special? Well, obviously, he's one of the, maybe the, or one of the greatest horses of all time. But he was a very calm, cool, collected horse. Uh, I remember in the paddock watching him uh, walk around, and he was uh, very nonchalant, just new new place, but he took it all in stride. Uh, very, uh, you know, overbearing and strong horse. Well, Danny, you're running a horse in the race on Sunday called the Minkster. I'm very familiar with this horse because your assistant was all over him, told me a few weeks ago. I forgot to bet him when he went at 7-1. Tell us what you're, what you're thinking about the horse going into the race. Well, he's doing great. I, I mean, uh, you know, his breeding says he'll get the distance. He's a, a very happy horse, a very sound horse. We've been able to train him very aggressively. You know, from a trainer's point of view, if you can train a horse aggressively and they keep improving, uh, that's a very good sign. So uh, we're very pleased with him. We like the fact that he's uh, still maturing and getting stronger every day. He won the Queen's Plate in 1994 with Baskin. And, and I would think on your resume, if there's nothing else that you want people to know about, it would be that because that is an achievement. It's what every trainer wants. Yeah, being born and raised around here, I mean, uh, you know, it's it's the uh, it's the ultimate goal for every young horseman. Uh, been very lucky to uh, been able to do that, and uh, you know, it never gets old. That's for sure. We enjoy it. So you're talking about your horse is a young horse. All these horses are like they're three years old, but some of them are just barely three. It's just the way that the year, the time that they're born, but. Does the fact that the race happens in, in August, as opposed to it used to be like late June, give you as a trainer more time to develop this horse? Well, there is. There's some great aspects to it, and there's some drawbacks, uh, you know. Uh, but uh, for us, it was it was very good. We've uh, we've been able to get our horse ready at a, a slower pace, and uh, you know, it it allows you to let your horse mature a little more and. Uh, you know, you don't have to push them as hard early, which is, uh, you know, that's good for the horses. So, uh, yeah, it, it allows horses to develop a little more and allows horses to get a little more seasoned. Danny, talk to us about Woodbine. I mean, this is something I think we take for granted. This is a, a marvelous facility, a great track. It doesn't carry the uh, Churchill Downs, Pimlico, or Belmont type of, of vintage because it, it's, not, it's not as old as those tracks. But this one is, is special, isn't it? Woodbine's a, one of the greatest tracks in, in, in North America and probably in the world. Uh, the racing here is fantastic. Uh, the quality of racing, the facility itself, how uh, how the horses uh, get treated, the, the stalls. Uh, I mean, everything here is first class. And, uh, yeah, we're very lucky to, uh, to have this type of an operation here uh, right in Toronto for us to... Uh, you know, to uh, get our horses going and get them ready. And uh, a lot of horses from Canada have uh, gone down and had great successful uh, invasions into the U.S. from time to time, and uh, they continue doing that. But it's a great facility, world-class. There's another horse in there that you trained last year. You decided to sort of cut back in your stable. Did you ever think that that horse, Ronda, would be racing against you in the Queen's Plate? Well, to be quite honest, I called Kadrina when I heard she got the horses. I, I just couldn't take the numbers. I didn't want to have 30, 35 horses anymore. I'm at a point where I want to have uh, 
very limited number of horses and trying to enjoy myself. Uh, I called her up and told her she was going to have a play horse. Did I think he'd be one of the top choices? Probably not. If I'd have thought that, maybe I would have changed my plans. But uh, no, he's a he's a wonderful horse, and uh, we're proud that we had something to do with his development. And uh, you know, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, he'll have a great career. Just want to go back to the track. The track itself uh, and the surface. Uh, is, are there any nuances to it? You know, I mean, for any, on any big race day, it seems like the racetracks, so when you're talking Derby Plate, they, uh, they ended up, uh, they end up, you know, making it a little faster that day, and uh, it seems to favor horses that are towards the front the last little while, uh, which could help us a bit, uh, but it's a pretty fair track. This is a, a very, this is probably the safest racing surface in North America, and, uh, you know, it plays well for, for, for most horses. Well, Danny, I know you're going to be pretty excited about this. You've been in the race before, but I want to know if you're going to have to spend time with uh, Silvio just to cool him out a bit. Well, you know, I mean, uh, he gets excited. We get excited. We help each other out. We've been together a while, and, uh, you know, we kind of play off each other and get excited for it, but we we settle ourselves down from time to time, too. So, uh, you know, it kind of plays back and forth. Good. You know, this, this summer has been incredibly hot, and I'm wondering how that plays for you as a trainer in terms of, uh, you know, exercising your horses so they don't get overheated and, and your health doesn't get overheated. Yeah, I mean, we try to train pretty early now. We leave the heavy, you know, the heavy work early in the morning when it's, uh, even though it's been a hot summer, the mornings have been pretty comfortable. So, uh, you know, we, we try to get most of our work done while the, while the weather's still good. And, uh, you know, we have uh, a, a large three-foot three, three foot fan for every horse, and uh, we keep them on in the morning when it's hot to, to cool us down, too. I like the way you described Secretariat at the start of this, the horse that, that just sort of told you he belonged and it was his, uh, his routine. How would you describe the Minkster? What type of personality does the Minkster have? One of the things I've noticed about really top horses is how uh, how well they handle changes. And and uh, Granakis was a great horse that I had uh, worked with. And, you know, he walked onto different racetracks and like he owned them. And that's the way Secretariat is. And that's the way the Minster is. He, uh, you know, the stress around him doesn't really phase him. He, he's, uh, he's got the type of uh, demeanor that, uh, you know, He's got it under control. At least so far, he's been that way anyways. Well, you've sold me on the horse, and the horse is going to be starting off at 10 to 1 odds. So tell me honestly, Danny, should I empty out my pockets right now? Well, I don't think uh, betting that much on any horse is uh, a great thing, but uh, he's going to be the best value in the race, that's for sure. I like the way you sum that up. Danny, thanks very much. All the best in the Queen's Plate. Sunday, you can watch it on CTV and TSN. Thanks, Danny. You guys have a great day. Thanks for calling. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact Dean on Twitter at MTGDean. Go to SafeBridgeFinancial.com or give him a call at 416-885-1761. Let's talk about advanced planning, your life, your say, your tribute, and all your way. Turner and Porter Funeral Directors, let's start a conversation. Visit turnerporter.ca. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Yes Guy, No Guy.
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, drivers and passengers, time now for the fully sanctioned edition of Yes Guy, No Guy. Oddly enough, on the Yes Guy radio show on TSN 1050. And by the way, if you'd like to sponsor this segment, get a hold of Perry or myself, you could be mentioned right here, or you could be playing Yes Guy, No Guy with us. I mean, there's all kinds of opportunities, so, so give us a call. Go ahead, sir. Now that the X is on, you are going to go down there and gorge on some completely decadent food. Um, no guy, I'm not, but I still have, uh, what were those donuts? Those little donuts. I still have memories of that. Yeah. The donuts that were swimming in oil or whatever that stuff was. Yeah. 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 They were (laughs) tiny Tom donuts. Yeah. Yeah. Oil and and all kinds of sugar. Yeah. (laughs) It's something you don't forget, right? When you're a kid, you you have those donuts, then you go running around the C&E grounds for a couple of hours until your parents are all burned out. And then, then you go home. Uh, so, but no, I'm not going to, but I assume you are. I will be going down there, but I don't want to dine on decadent foods because then I'll be sick. And I mean sick. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. Yes, guy, no guy. The Calgary Flames somehow have maneuvered themselves into being declared winners of the off season in the NHL. Yes, guy, no guy. Oh, yes, guy, with extremely heavy lineage because I thought what they did was great. I never thought Nazem Kadri would go there. Thought for sure he was going to go into the Islanders. So a uh, great pickup by uh, Calgary. Even better move to uh, trade one of their players to Montreal and get some yeah. value out of it. I, I like it. I mean, they lost two stars and they brought three in. So, I mean, if you could recover from that and, and the losses were, were sudden and they took a little time to do it, but, but I like what they've done. And, you know, I'd like to can't wait for an Oilers Flames game next year. That's for sure. Go ahead, sir. When you heard Bob Irving talk about how work is actually fun in the sports broadcasting business, it just brought a smile to your face. Absolutely. It is fun. That's why you do it. I mean, come on, you have to persevere through some difficult situations sometimes in in terms of things not working or, you know, you get caught in situations where you have to be quick on your feet, but it's all fun. I mean, it's all, it's all uh, good spirited fun and uh, congrats to him on just an excellent career. And I love the way he was honored. So I, I I mean, I really enjoyed that conversation. Um, Yes guy, no guy. This is a re-ask from a week ago. You know, the Queens plate winner. I do not know the Queen's Plate winner, no guy. Now I'm going to ask you, you are conflicted between choosing Moira or the Minkster. Um, no, I'm going with the Minkster. The Minkster is my pick. And I uh, hope you don't empty your pockets uh, backing any horses because uh, then you're going to ask me for more money next week and I'm going to say no guy. <laughs> Go you ahead, just sir. ask me if I know who's going to win. If I know who's going to win, why should I not empty my pockets, guy? Well, you think you know who's going to win. That's There's a big difference there. That's why, Guy. <laughs> okay, Guy. Go ahead, sir. We have plenty of time today to, to kick this around. You were not surprised that Tiger Woods went to the rescue to sort of deliver a message to all the guys on the PGA Tour to stay there. Uh, no, no, Guy, I'm not surprised. I mean, let's be honest here. He was the guy who put the PGA Tour where it is today. And, you know, for him to do anything but would be to turn his back on himself. So uh, I'm going to say no guy, not surprised, and and would applaud him for doing that uh, just because he developed all that revenue stream and all that technology for the players today to use, and they decided to take it elsewhere. So uh, I'm not surprised at all. No guy. Go ahead, sir. Oh, it's my turn. Yes, a good Jays weekend in New York will restore your confidence. 
No, Guy. I am really on the fence about where this team is going. So uh, if they do well in, in, you know, against the Yankees, that's great. But I want to see a little bit more. Okay, we have time for one more. Go ahead, sir. Frankie Carrado is a rising star in the Canadian sports business, sports broadcasting oh, business. Absolutely. Yes, Guy. I love working with Frankie C. He's, uh, he's an interesting guy. He's got a lot to say uh, on various subjects, which is uh, intriguing, and I love working with him. Just a lot of fun. On that note, we want to thank our guests today, uh, Bob Irving, Danny Vella, trainer Ed Woodbine, and Ainsley McPhail, who's now working on a new comedy bit. That was fantastic. Thanks for stopping by. Yes, guy!